Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. We're recording this on, uh, what, December 30th, 2018? That's a good estimate. Thereabouts. It means a few things just happened. That means that, um, well, we got to add to a list. An illustrious list. A curated list. It's like a wine list at this point. There are the big by-the-glass ones that everybody knows. But there's some vintage stuff back there, you know, way down in the basement that I don't know. Maybe you pulled off a shipwreck. I'm supposed to go to Napoleon, right? And it's just been sitting there since like 1848. Maybe it's something really, really super curated. Like, I don't know if I was just going to spoil where we're headed. Like the time Notre Dame lost to Tulsa. Yeah, man. Holly, this was the best question I thought we could lead off with. And you were the one who suggested it. What is it? Well, Spencer, uh, at some point last year, and I don't remember the reason why, uh, I just started a thread of favorite Notre Dame losses because it turns out that Notre Dame does unite the nation. It is America's team in that everyone in America has a favorite Notre Dame football loss. Uh, you know, some of the, some people are partial to the, uh, the last time Notre Dame ran up into, ran up into the playoffs. Uh, we all remember what happened there. Nick Saban buried them all screaming and, out of the dirt with his little child-sized spade. Uh, some people are partial to the 58-7 loss to Miami and Jerry Faust last game, where, as you pointed out, Jimmy Johnson ran up the score with his third string. Which I believe I have heard Jimmy Johnson quoted as saying, what was I supposed to do? My third string was good. My <laughs> personal favorite is 2007 Navy. That would be the Ram Vila game where he... Like they launched him like a cruise missile 
across the line of scrimmage at poor Evan Sharpley. And I forgot about this until Kit Wren reminded me last night. Lou Holtz went on TV after this game and said, I think it's just graceful that Navy put so much energy into their football program. They should be studying ships. <laughs> uh, but, but last night being bored in the second playoff game we saw, uh, very being very quickly bored by the second playoff game, uh, we decided to bring this thread back, and it's amazing how far you can go through this without finding a repeat. Did anybody have Notre Dame, Michigan, um, 2011? I feel like that was in there, but there were also a couple that I had never heard of. Uh, they lost mm-hmm. to – I had forgotten about the Tulsa loss at home in 2010, which is up there – with the second one that I learned about that was a new favorite, which is apparently a loss to Purdue at some point. I don't remember that Ooh, at all. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. The USF loss is also a great they one. Notre Dame in they South consider South. Purdue a, a, a rival. Mm-hmm. So it gets even more shameful. It was October 99, third and goal and down by five points. Purdue sacked the quarterback to run out the clock. Uh Thanks to alert reader Ismail Mustafa for pointing that one out. October 30th, 2010 is that Tulsa one, by the way. G.J. Kinney's finest hour. They converted on third and 26. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I probably should say this. It was a 28-27 win for, you know, the Golden Hurricane. If I can remind everybody, they weren't playing in Tulsa. Nope. Nope. Whole generation of Tulsa football players got to go onto the same grass that Rudy probably cut and sold on eBay just last week for extra cash. Yeah. Another favorite one that I was not aware of, 1976, Georgia Tech beat them in the rain, running the wishbone and not throwing a single pass. Notre Dame (laughs) had only one loss at that point to eventual national champs pit. Tech finished four and six. (laughs) This feels like the official shutdown full cast Notre Dame loss. Yeah, can we do an oral history of anyone who is still alive from this game? Yeah, absolutely. Or if, or if you're still alive from the USF game, too, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, how many USF students are still alive? From exactly. Is Brian <laughs> Kelly still alive from that game? Oh, thanks CBD. to Mike Billups, by the way, for uh, for putting that one in our eyeline, because I don't, I don't think that one came up at the last thread. I would say the biggest, by the way, the biggest, like, banger of these would be LSU Notre Dame the Jamarcus Russell game. All I remember the one that gave us number one draft pick Jamarcus Russell. Yes, mm-hmm. the one that gave us the moment where Troy Smith and Jamarcus Russell were on the sidelines of a game the next year, being interviewed there at the same game, and uh, Jamarcus Russell was wearing the biggest coogie sweater I've ever seen in my life, with a medallion over it, like this huge ghost face style medallion, and they asked Troy Smith. You know, I think it was Chris, uh, God, what's his name? He's for Fox. He's perpetually clueless. And it goes like this. There could be so many people. It is, it is. But he asked him, he goes, what do you think of this sweater and this medallion? You're talking about the haircut who asked the uh, Iowa player about about America? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy. He asked, he kind of barges into this interview. <laughs> he asked these two, these two, like, you know, fresh out of college NFL guys, like, hey, what do you think of this sweater and this medallion? And Troy Smith looks at it, looks at him and goes, I think it's very representative of Alabama. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> one of the best on-air answers I've ever seen. <laughs> the other thing about asking people for Notre Dame losses, it, is, it draws in, when I say it unites a nation, I don't just mean college football nation. It draws in people who clearly have no interest in the games themselves, by which I mean gamblers. I had one answer from reader Greg that was just this. You know, the, these people who come in and, and they speak as though the 2013 national championship game was news. Uh, Greg says the the championship beatdown where they came in as number one, but were plus 10 in Vegas, Bama covered. <laughs> Cold. It's you, like also there was a football game. <laughs> That's like somebody going and going, man, male, mid 30s, great heart rate. Apparently in 1926, uh, Rockney blew off the game with Carnegie Tech to scout an upcoming opponent, and Carnegie Tech beat them 19 to nothing. Yeah, this was Notre Dame uh, blew a title shot because Newt Rockney was too lazy. Didn't care enough about <laughs> Do we um, know Notre Dame's all-time win percentage against UConn? One second. Please vamp. I don't. I mean, it's a whole bunch of aughts. Is that 0-1? Wow. 0-1! Oh, 2009. God. Man, that's a Joe Biden grabs podium worthy win. To the <laughs> ultimate, the perfect UConn record, of course, eight and five. I'm not going to look it up. I'm assuming that's the best record in school history. What could really, what could be better? Um, I think it was Mac Bra- Matt Brown was talking the other night. 2009 was such an underrated season in terms of if insanity. Only, if only for that, yeah. right? <laughs> if If only for that and for, you know, like, the longest most miserable like doesn't that get to let's see 2009 and that's uh that's an alabama year because remember for the last 10 years you're like is it an alabama year or a not alabama year it's one of those it was one of the first alabama years though mm-hmm. we, we didn't one. know what we were getting into let's also not forget that notre dame is 0-2 all time against oregon state oregon state see this is such a rich tapestry that i must have scrolled past 50 responses in this thread before you get to the first mention of the bush push where is the, what is this thread? Is this on Twitter or something? Oh yeah, this is, this is last night. I just, uh, I, it was like a quarter into the Bama, Oklahoma game. And I was, I was kind of getting a little bit, a little bit restless. And I said, is it too early to just start playing? What's your favorite Notre Dame loss again? Uh, and apparently according to the internet, it is not, it is not too early. Like Dolly so, and Christmas. It is possible that Bama was, Bama was playing the same game amongst themselves at the same time. Yeah, it actually would explain a lot about what happened later. The in uh, in two games against Oregon State, Notre Dame's average uh, scoring differential is negative twenty four point five. So room for improvement. So schedule them. It uh, let's see. The first one was thirty two. The second one was seventeen. At this rate, their next game against Oregon State, they'll lose by what is that two? Oregon State needs to like just come up with a traveling trophy for Notre Dame and just say like, <laughs> yeah, we've held it, we've held it. Look at this, look. look oh, the 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 silver uh, beheaded orphan. Yep, the got little it right wooden here. Irishman who we eat. <laughs> also, I would like to give some love to the two Notre Dame fans I saw who were cruising through the thread, being like, yeah, actually, this is kind of fun. <laughs> this one, oh, this one's real good. Those are true you historians. Have, you have the correct opinions, sir. So who? So where are we putting thirty to three on this list? Hey, that's a great question, Ryan. 
Hi. So, uh, Alex Kirshner blogged, he, as he always does, constantly. He's never not blogging. He did a blog on uh, Notre Dame's lost eight straight big bowl games. This is sort of a big picture look at this. Mm. Um, you know, the losses, to, uh, the losses to UConn and Tulsa. Those are awesome. We all love them. But at the big picture level, <laughs> every time over the past 20 year, 23 years that Notre Dame has gotten into an actual bowl game of any substance... They lose usually really, really badly, and he has thirty to three second behind only the BCS title game. But my resume was so good. It, this is so good that forty-one nine to fucking Oregon State is only fourth. Notre Dame, we're cold, Oklahoma. <laughs> as long as it can, this be a group project. <laughs> Isn't football the ultimate group project? Is there extra? No, credit? they're the ones who didn't sign up for the group project. <laughs> That's their whole problem. <laughs> if you'd only gone in with the ACC. No, no, we'll do it ourselves. Do it ourselves. Just so... No, you'll drag down my score. In the, in the interest of some fairness, I would like to say, fuck everybody who is saying, based on how Notre Dame played against Clemson, they shouldn't have been in the playoff in the first place. Because they are missing... They're missing, like, the most obvious problem with that argument, and that is, and I think Roger Sherman maybe put it in. It's the same way as agitating to fire a coach. Who are you going to get? It's, it's not even that. It's imagine the counterfactual world where Notre Dame didn't make the playoff. Maybe it's because we're back in BCS land and only two teams made it, and those two teams were Alabama and Clemson. Maybe it's because we decided, uh, you know, Georgia's getting that spot instead of Notre Dame because we think conference championship appearances matter. We'll get to that. Because Kirk Herbstreet's in charge. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to live in a world where Notre Dame gets to piss and moan for literally ever about the year where they went undefeated against a perfectly respectable schedule? A lot of the teams they played were not as good as they usually are. Stanford had a down year. USC had a down year. Etc. Michigan had a Michigan year. Um, do do you want to live in that world where they just like like every for years everybody just pissed and moaned about why can't we settle it on the field? I don't trust these computers. They're watching me piss. And and now we have. I don't have a I don't have a Facebook account, so I wouldn't see any of that anyway. Um, Listen. All I'm saying is Spencer we settled makes, it on the field. Isn't it better Spencer this way? Great point. Spencer makes a great point re Facebook, but uh, yeah, I got to agree with Ryan's overall argument here. I just, how in the world did we get to the point where seeing Notre Dame get its ass kicked in is a bad thing? Yeah, no, this you, is... isn't that when you clock in for a college football season, isn't this number one on your bucket list? I want to see Notre Dame humiliated in the biggest possible way. Well, guess what? That happened. Why aren't you happy? What this is prob- this? Probably happened in the Roman Empire at some point. Be happy too. You'll always be creepier about Jesus than Clemson. Take that trophy. What is your favorite <laughs> death in Die Hard? Um, I think it's probably mine, and it's um, the lawyer, right? The, the, it's, it's the lawyer, the, the cocaine snorting dude in the in the executive Ellis. Yeah. yeah, Ellis. How's this? Harry Harry Ellis, uh, I'm sure, has a law degree. Okay? I mean, that <laughs> wasn't gonna be my answer. My answer was gonna be the cocky the cocky FBI agents in the helicopter. 
Well, (laughs) 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 I mean, that's pretty good. Helicopter death is super big in the 1980s and 1990s. And I feel like that more is Oklahoma in this example. (laughs) Don't worry. We got a a helicopter and guns. We'll be fine. We can pull it out. Helicopter death. 19. More helicopter death. If you, if you die in a helicopter, you've died well. I think that's a good life rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Oklahoma, you died well. You died well. You died. They really did. They really did. Like, you're you're sitting there going, yeah, man. And Kyler Murray's just, uh, he's not going to make it. But this is spectacular. Keep going. Carl, I, I am realizing now that Carl, the, like, main uh, sidekick villain. The blonde one? Kind of look, ki- yeah, kind of looks like Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I was thinking he kind of looks like uh, that Michigan State Rocky kid. Which makes Reginald Vell Johnson Bama, I think, in this example. But he's, <laughs> Hell yes. That, that hey. makes sense, because Reginald Vell Johnson's the backup. What thread connects them both? Little Debbie. Yeah. Wow. QED. And you know what Bama is? Family. That's that's Auburn. That's, that's Auburn. Oh, my God. Reginald Vell Johnson's an Auburn plant in this. <laughs> he's going to undo it all. Yeah, that's that. My point being, I I'm now accustomed to seeing Notre Dame in there, and I I I, I almost felt bad from last night until wow. I don't know. One guy said, "You know, what? Julian Love went out injured, right? Best cornerback, Notre Dame best cornerback went out injured. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Ju- Julian Love went out, and then our secondary went to hell. I'm like that's one guy, <laughs> yeah. Trevor. Like yeah. they're picking on him. I'm like they're picking on everyone. Trevor yeah. Lawrence is putting the ball forty. They couldn't get to him. Did you see what Clemson's offensive line was doing? I know everyone is stunned by the butterscotch stallion himself, Trevor Lawrence, who really does look like Lawrenceville Lancelot, right? Like, he really does look like the most beautiful thing to ever walk into a QT parking lot. But, but, <laughs> Clemson's offensive line had him upright, clean, and grinning. He could have been yeah, back. Go ahead. Spencer, be fair. Be fair. Okay. Be fair to Notre Dame. It's not like Clemson was also without its best defender, right? Oh wait! Oh yeah, I've just received a I've just received a news bulletin. It technically that's not true because we're pretty sure it's like tied for first across like six different dudes. So. That's true. They got four guys who will tie for the number one draft pick, and they're without one. Okay, on a technicality, Notre Dame takes the grievance trophy here. Yeah, this is like, oh man, we took that octopus's best tentacle. Yeah, he still got seven arms, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good fucking luck. That's like they weren't. They didn't compete with. They didn't compete. They, they did. did no, that's not. Any... That's not true. In the first half, they, they did. didn't compete. They did. No. They. They. They no. had. Are we talking point. down to first quarter? Okay. First for the first yeah. for the first quarter and a half. What are we? Are, are we going to sit here and give Oklahoma credit for competing for the last two and a half quarters? Yeah, actually, okay, yes. Cool. Actually, yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Cool. Then Notre Dame competed for a quarter. If you hey. combine Notre Dame's first quarter with Oklahoma's uh-huh. last three quarters, we have a Notre Dame Oklahoma championship game. Boom. Guess what? That team would beat Virginia. Did, that team would score against Virginia. Unlike Not South Carolina. <laughs> Boy, I feel bad for the South Carolina fans who tuned into this episode and were like, well, they're not going to talk. Oh, God damn it. Caught a stray. <laughs> did any of y'all watch this game? No. no. Spencer, I know Which you one? Did. The Belk Bowl? I, I'm just wonder. I was just kind of idly wondering. I, I myself did not watch this game, and I was kind of idly wondering before how how far ahead or or at pace with schedule are we before 
Bronco has this Virginia team playing between the whistles like his BYU teams played. Uh, and I was just, I was just interested in how many like covert neck punches uh, Virginia <laughs> many... managed to get in. Because if there's one team where you would think that might be ill-advised to try it against, it's a Will Muschamp team. But apparently, it suited him just fine. I just, I really want to know about the neck punching. I've only seen one team actually punch people in the taint on multiple occasions, and it was BYU's teams under Bronco Mendenhall. Not correction like like i'm clarification it was so much funnier when it was a team full of mormons but we'll take virginians doing it sure oh dear are you punching my dear steadman in the taint <laughs> my paradigm i do declare <laughs> you're going to knock the ancestry right out of him you've yeah. crossed the mason dixon line sir <laughs> yeah no that's the only team of, i mean they didn't punch in the nuts like if they were in the scrum they went straight for the they went you know Straight for uh, for the nether region. Yeah, the knot. Please, please, sir, that's Virginia Tech terminology. We are in Charlottesville. (laughs) Virginia Tech's pulled some great players out of Gooch Holler. I'm I'm not disparaging. Our our cruder cousins in coal country would refer to that as between the pizzle and the bizzle, and we would not do that. (laughs) How many points does South Carolina score against UVA? None. Zero. None. How many? How many did they score against Georgia? Seventeen. That's why Georgia's not in the playoff. Boom. Damning. Yes. If you want to know, like we're giving Notre Dame, giving Notre Dame the business here. But send your arguments to at thirty eight Godfrey. Mm-hmm. As always. But but, but they should have been in the playoff one thousand mm-hmm. percent. It's insane to argue otherwise. It's stupid and and counterproductive. However. Yes. Wait, Ryan, what's the Did philosophical term for this that just because of the outcome doesn't mean that the that beforehand without this knowledge we were wrong? Um there's a term there for is, this kind of argument, I don't remember what it is. Um Yeah, it's it's a legal it's a legal term. Hold on. Is this is this post hoc ergo propter hoc? Yeah, post hoc ergo propter yeah, hoc. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. That After is what it is. Yes. Word, yeah, thing. Yeah. Nick Saban would say you're you're basing it on uh, results, not process. That's pretty much the same thing. So yeah, yeah. The process itself gave us this because, wow, it's 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 crazy how many people make stupid arguments about this when not admitting we have a tiny sample size in a sport that will never have a big sample size. Ta da! I mean, the important the important thing is that the two team playoff known as the BCS never gave us any blowouts. Always close, competitive games. Always both teams clearly deserving to be there and playing and like And here it. we are back talking about UConn again. Well, speaking of significant, authoritative, definitive sample sizes, uh, Notre Dame has an all-time losing record against NC State. Oh, that's my second favorite Notre Dame loss. <laughs> because the they, title because they refuse to acknowledge the rain. It's entirely on plague calling. Because Notre Dame... Doesn't respect weather, and yes, the rain can't wash no, away character. I've never felt closer. I've never felt closer to Notre to to BK because if I had been coaching Notre Dame in that game, I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. Like you're not the boss of me, God. Jesus can walk on water. That means he can plant his passing feet. Suck it, Poseidon. Poseidon counterpoint. <laughs> I'm just calling Notre Dame expensive NC State from here on out. Oh, boy. 
I so, feel like that's mean to NC State. I don't think we should do that. So naturally, this has also started the debate of, hey, we belong there, for instance. You know, Dwayne Haskins, God. quarterback of Ohio State, like, oh, yeah, hey, look at this, huh? Funny, huh? Yeah. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have lost to Purdue. Also, by the way, maybe you guys shouldn't have had a, like, you know, had a terrible human for a coach. Maybe that that's honestly, like, what affected people voting? They were like, I don't know, you lose by 20-something to Purdue, and also, that all happened. Well, you definitely shouldn't do both of those. Like, like Notre that, Dame I feel like that's a metric also, that we probably should. Well, I mean, like, choose one or the other. Because Notre Dame also has a terrible human for a coach, but he didn't lose to Purdue by, by multiple touchdowns recently terrible that's all people remember like don't assume don't assume this isn't a flimsy like a flimsy process that's malleable uh on the basis of snap human emotions and to be honest some not real bright people making decisions at the top right go look up which coach won the uh coach leadership award this year (laughs) (laughs) Uh integrity respect goodness character yeah uh, if Mayonnaise. you're listening to this podcast and are an Ohio State fan, first of all, thanks for sticking with us. Second of all, if hey you're Luke, hey Luke Urban, Zimmerman, how's it going? Second of all, if you're planning on taking Urban, Zombie, sorry, if you're a student uh, at OSU and are mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, uh, and you're planning on taking Urban's leadership class, uh, let us know. Oh man, yeah. I have record, a record, of record. Please record that and send mm-hmm. it to us. Please patch us in on that. Yeah, absolutely. I have yeah. a series of several questions for you. Live stream it, homie. Live stream it. Be our periscope hero. Yeah. Also, the third thing that, that Ohio State student needs to hear, did you eat a gram of protein per desired body weight today? If you didn't, go get it, bro. Go get it. That'll get you in the playoff for sure. Mm-hmm. Gains won't happen without it. The um the other chorus that was piping up a lot during the playoff, of course, was Georgia fans and players. Lots and lots of emojis from Georgia players, which that's fine. Um, <clears throat> I think we sort of all agree Georgia probably is one of the four best teams, to use a popular term. I don't really know what the utility of that is. Um, maybe they can throw a parade for that, like UCF did. A banner says, you know, four best, well, one of four best teams. Maybe that's what your, your banner says. Final four. Um, Call it final four. If you want to, yeah, do it. Um, I just, I just want to real quick. Just, just I'm, I'm looking at a document, and I cannot tell based on part of the public discourse if this is a document that was sent to me from an alternate dimension or if this actually happened. I want Don't to sort of see if guy went to Georgia. I, it, I'm, I'm just losing my mind here because I swear this actually happened. But October thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Can you confirm that's a date that happened in your timeline? Yes, that is correct. That did yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I remember it because it was the the day I started my uh, Joe Burrow uh, dream diary collage. Okay, Joe Burrow. That's good. That that confirms. That's a name that's in this document that I'm looking oh, at. Oh, interesting. So the uh, the title of this uh, this 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 emission from it's called the associated press are you familiar with this uh author sounds like sounds like a shady cabal it, it, no it's, it okay. seems legit okay uh they they've titled this document lsu downs number two georgia gives ed orgeron signature win so it sounds like georgia lost so and, and ed orgeron indic- the presence of ed orgeron's name indicates that this would be a, a football downing the smart yeah i think that's a good context clue not to say that. Uh, also, there, there are two. There are two. Uh, it's it's not an academic rankings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
was going to say LSU had overtaken Georgia in something like juvenile diabetes, which of course they already have. But no, that's a fierce battle. We're not ready to yield that just yet. How are you going to be good at adult diabetes if you don't get them started early? Come on. Raise them so, right. It's a system. There are two numbers here. and I It's called to just... the Sugar Bowl for a reason, goddammit. Yeah, there it is. One is 36 and the other is 16. 36 is the higher number, right? Like significantly? Uh, in some timelines, mm. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay, this but might it, be it the could, problem. It, you know what? It could be like, it could be a blackjack thing. You know who writes those textbooks down Louisiana? You know what it is? Oh, shit. I figured it out. Georgia fans think they're playing golf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's it. Absolutely. Oh, that's the entire problem. They, oh, we beat. Why aren't we in the final foursome? We beat LSU at golf and we beat Bama at golf. One too many three hour lunches from Daddy's dealership, and this is what you get. Hey, would you like? Would you all like to hear a uh, hilarious true fact about Joe Burrow? Boy, would he, I. he went to uh, he went to high school in Ohio. The name of his high school, Athens High School. The mascot, the Bulldogs. Absolutely true. Wow. One hundred percent true. <laughs> Life's funny. Plant. It was foretold. Recruit him. Ah, the vengeance! It was foretold. What a turncoat! Can't believe that. So nothing else happened. Um, actually, a couple of other things happened uh, that I think really bear mention. Uh, Alabama won. Whatever. Uh, also, Florida won a football game, and I was there. What? Which is fun. Yeah, I know. I was shocked. They beat Michigan. This is something I was present for something that had never happened before. Did you fight a child? No. Emotionally. However, (laughs) I did gator chomp a child. There we go. Who was then telling me my team sucked. Did I point at the scoreboard? Yes. Did I say the word scoreboard out loud? No. Also, is the scoreboard all around you in this building? He did battle with this child in the astral realm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And a Michigan dude behind me he started talking like this, real tough. Uh, kind of sounded like a member of Les Miles' family. Aww. If if a member of Les Fowl's, Miles' family looked like a thirty year old, like Jim Jones, like if they like if they look like a member of my morning jacket, right? Like I look back and I was like, "Sup, young raised on MGo block? How you doing?" And he looked down. And he was talking some shit, and without me really even thinking, like, I forgot that I could care, and I forgot that at times there's an inner redneck, right, if I'm just watching as a fan, because without really thinking about it, I turned around and did the kung fu come here gesture, like, why don't you come down and see about it? (laughs) And I did it, and immediately was like, oh, God. (laughs) I didn't know how tall he was. I didn't know how bad he was. I didn't. I was with family, gentle, non-brawling family. No, not the weren't. kind you could. Oh, all right. Mostly non-brawling. We're not counting my wife. All right. Okay. Because she's going to have to bail me out. She can't be in the fight. Right. We can't both go to jail. Oh. So, yeah. Were you, were you in some sort of Michigan section? I was. I was in a Michigan section. Yeah. And we had you just. Could take, you could take them. It was after we scored on a run that was on third and 20. A gimme run, a give up run. I think due to that, you could have taken, you could have taken them. That that that, that is so physically debilitating that 
it sapped the strength of every Michigan person there. They all went, they had a little minus 10 appear over their heads. I would have, oh, I would have destroyed this dude. However, I would have been destroyed by security instantly afterwards. So again, no one wins a fight where there's more than two people around, okay? <laughs> it's just not possible. So yeah, Florida football's back, baby. But that's not what made me think of it. What made me, the one thing I wanted to mention from this game, aside from what, is the first thing Jim Harbaugh saw after his like second worst, is this his second worst <laughs> loss of the year? I don't know. It, it's the one that followed a massive. He's got dis- a list. He does. It's the one that followed a massive, embarrassing misstep against Ohio State, right? Where one program could clearly not be further from the other, right? In terms of overall quality or execution. It came after that. So the person least prepared in the world to see this saw it. It was Jim Harbaugh striding across the field at the 50 to go shake Dan Mullen's hand. Not going to be a real long handshake anyway, okay? Jim was getting the hell out of that situation. The first thing he saw were three Florida players doing the Choppa style dance. At like him. a phalanx in front of Dan Mullen. Not, not in his path. At him. Oh, at no. him. Ghost Riders. They're here. <laughs> Mind you, Jim Harbaugh does not know what this is. Okay? Guaranteed. No. He's not kept up with the Saints this season. You don't do that, do that sleepovers. Yeah, it's true. I don't go to Harbaugh sleepovers. I'm certainly not going to get invited to one now. He's going to be like, you're that kid who gator chomped the kid. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'll me. do it again. I'll do it again if you lose that badly. Harbaugh is at the post-game presser like, oh, I thought it was a little disappointing of Coach to send those kangaroos after me. <laughs> I I don't, I, they weren't wearing, they weren't wearing their helmets, first of all, which they have them. That's irresponsible. It's not good motorcycle etiquette. They were riding forward like Dan Mullen's advanced scouts, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. We're going to ride in the tundra looking for prey. <laughs> Here comes the Harbaugh. In the house that young Jock built. No yeah. <laughs> Just motorbiking on out, on out <laughs> in front of Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen kind of pushes him aside. And after that, Harbaugh did, to be fair, what was the shortest handshake I've ever seen? More of a hand tap. Yeah. If it were. A tummy rub. Yeah, but that's that's Not all I'm so giving you after that. Like that was the custom. <laughs> if you're from each other. Hey, drink more milk. A thing. Hey, take care of your flora. Hey, coaches who listen to this, we know you're out there, and we're not going to name you, but try a little tummy rub. <laughs> get, get get some just companionship and and some some tum tum loving. Yeah, skin to skin contact. Game. It's important. <laughs> Did this game establish uh, the protocol that like the losing coach has to be the issuer of it? If you win, you deserve a tummy. Yes, rub. you oh, get yeah. a, you get you get a tummy rub. Like no, you did no, a good I think job. the losing coach gets a tummy rub to be like, hey, hey, buck up. It's gonna be okay, <laughs> buddy. I don't know. I think if you win, you deserve. So uh, coaches share a tummy rub, but there is like they can each sense in in their hands the meaning. Oh man, what if like, the state? Oh, this is, what if the this state feels so condescending? I mean, they're not doing anything. Let them do it. <laughs> there was a there was a, dis, a Twitter discussion uh, last night over the utility of having quite so many state troopers forming a phalanx around coaches as they exit the field. Yeah, why why not have them just tickle some tum tums? Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I have. Like when you're like, what's your big takeaway from that game? 
<laughs> Tommy like, Robs. I was like, I don't think you should get your team in a position where there's three of the opponent motorbiking and you're doing the choppa style in your direction to face a coach who is the least prepared human to see this at that moment. Yeah, that was absolutely the best case scenario of that outcome. We all got lucky. That was, by the way, that was the leftovers I got to heat up the next day because I was at the game and could not see that. So just scrolling through Twitter this morning and happened upon it like, oh, it's all coming back now. I almost fought a guy who looked like the lead singer of my morning jacket because my team won a football game against an opponent who'd beat them in four exhibitions prior. I need to reevaluate things. I think the important thing to remember here is that um, Jim Harbaugh is a huge disappointment, even though he this is his third season with double-digit wins, which is as many as uh, Michigan had in the, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, 13 seasons before him. So, Yeah, I mean, Michigan was basically Syracuse this year. <sighs> Lloyd Carr went 10-3, and, and those were good years, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's fun. It's fun how everybody's gone insane. I did go into the victors immediately after the game because I'm a terrible, terrible What's human. What's wrong with you? What, what are you? Ah, oh, Jesus. I'm the hitman who goes to the funeral, man. <laughs> Wait, did Godfrey at Brian? I didn't even look. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. He had that shit drafted at halftime. Yeah. But I went into the victor's board, and I was shocked at the double-digit number of posters in the first couple of pages who openly wondered if Jim Harbaugh has CTE. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm just acting as an analyst. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry that I care about science. It's like doing the autopsy when you go, it could have been one of 23 things that killed this man. And if I were a decent human being, I'd just let this go. But let's see the toxicology report. Syphilis. It was the syphilis. (laughs) It's either that or the heroin, cocaine, amphetamine, sterno, drain cleaner, uh, you know, stenazolol and uh, PCP in a system. Could have been any of these things, really. Syphilis. Let's tell the relatives. That's that was me. Brian, that's going in our ringtone bank along with Spencer sticking <laughs> fingers and saying puffs. They go together so well. Mm-hmm. In our event, in our eventual soundboard app. This- if you use these use these three phrases together, you will unlock the hidden treasure of the shutdown forecast buried for millennia. More chicken fingers. More it's more chicken fingers. <laughs> Fresh though, man. Like they've been down there for thousands of years. Oh, they yeah, pop they're out. Still, they're still so Why? crispy. They're buried in gold. That's right. Bury me in gold and chicken fingers. Big C H A. I hey, speaking of burials. Speaking yeah. of burials. R.I.P. Mark Richt. Coaching can I, career. Can I say something serious? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. I thought it was weird that Mark Rick took the Miami job because, you know, he left Georgia on not the worst possible terms. You know, it was awkward, but there's no avoiding that. But he's always struck me as being the emotional opposite of guys like Bear Bryant who retire and immediately die because they're not on the sideline. You know, he's got, he's into so many other things. Like I, 
I was surprised that he took this Miami job because I figured he would be like off building orphanages in the Ukraine. And I, I think you're miss I I think you're misreading the why why he took it though. No, like I, mean, I don't think it was it's like not a value oh. judgment. No, no, I, I, I get that. I just I don't think it was like, oh, I have to coach and if I don't coach I don't know what to do with my hands. I think it was more like, hey, somebody loves me and appreciates me and I want like that feels good. That feels no, validated. Like I, agree. I think I think it was more about like the emotional the emotional side of it and that went like, away quick, didn't it? Yeah, like I, I agree, but this is this is all by way of saying I think I, I feel less bad for Mark Richt than maybe any other coach out of a job in recent memory for the one fact that he has so many other interests. Like he'll be he'll be fine. Like I, I am not worried about Mark Richt at all because more than any other coach maybe I've ever been around, he seems set up to live a normal human life after football. Anyway, that's fair. anyway, that's all. I don't know where that came from, and I don't know why I chose to air that on this podcast of all places, but I, I think Mark Rick's going to be just fine. No, a legit, like a legitimately good human. Like also, I, t- I really he, can't definitively say that about a whole lot of people in college sports either, because no. you know, hey, I don't know everything or don't have no like legitimately good person. I think another good outcome of of this uh, for him is that he didn't have to fire his son. That's, Which he was took kind the of the play. line in the sand, mm-hmm. uh, and there's another contrast when we're talking about him as a actual um, uh, empathetic, likable person. We can remember some other college football coaches who would not have made that decision <laughs> Gosh, because is there some John... reason that they're back in the news surrounding this hire. So John Richt, uh, the son of Mark Richt, was a quarterbacks coach. If you watch Miami play at all this year, uh, the quarterbacks were um, bad. They're bad. Was underwhelming. If you wanted to be really nice about it, you could say underwhelming. They were bad. Through quarterback talent to Miami, and you know, (laughs) where where are you supposed to find skilled football players in and around South Florida? Which one is is it? Is it nearsighted or farsighted? Where things up close are blurry. Oh, that's farsighted. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, did not fire. John Rick, that was going to be one of the staff changes. He initially accepted this and then decided not to, which I don't know if your long play is, man, I've already got a ton of money. I'm not a super materialistic dude. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to fire my son. Right. Well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it go. By the way, we say like not super materialistic. Barker has more money than you'll ever earn. Yeah. It's easy already. to be not super materialistic when you're going to have well, that word money for. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. The full cast is about to take off any day now, sir. Any day. <laughs> It's going to be our sole source of income. We're like a cycle of locusts. You're like, give it 11 years. Sucker's going to be all over the place. <laughs> Locust does describe the audio quality of this podcast pretty accurately. <laughs> it's true. Underground and then buzzing without any explanation. Sometimes literally, right? <laughs> so you do that, right? Welcome to-, to the plagues of Egypt. <laughs> That's our new podcast and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's frog week. <laughs> oh hell yeah yeah cheese it bowl too let's go so there's that and then there are other coaches i don't know locally like you go well man who should who should miami hire i don't know you know who's up the road you're saying oh man butch davis at fiu already has he probably still has his key probably still works in the office right no no not butch man you've already been that you can't go back to babylon man ken dorsey mm, no 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 
I was thinking, I was thinking, little man coaching at FAU named Lane Kiffin. Because you know what? If you ask him to fire a family member, Lane's going to get out the pistol. No, we said fire. Yeah, I heard you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Lane will load him in the cannon, point it at the moon, and pull the cord. <laughs> Recall, who was Lane Kiffin's defensive coordinator who came under fire at USC for some underperforming defenses? His father. His mom. His sweet papa. <laughs> His mom. That'd be great if you just look up and you're like, what's Ma Kiffin doing? Man, listen, you got to see her drop his own fire. Coaching these boys up is what she's doing. Listen, yeah. listen, Mom, our linebackers look like shit. What the fuck? <laughs> mom, you're fired, dumbass. I did not anticipate this part of this discussion, and I am delighting in it. It's Lane Kiffin as the pizza rolls kid and everything he does. <laughs> Mom, we only have purple stuff. I ordered Sunny D. You're fucking fired. <laughs> and this is it- the worst coach meeting ever. All my friends can see me. Mom, Nick Saban is here. I'll be the disgrace of college sports. <laughs> can you imagine that, Mom? That would be your fault, not mine. This time. So, when it comes time to fire a relative, Mark Rick goes... <laughs> you know the man for the job. Uh, Mark Rick's like, man, you know what? I'm just gonna, just gonna walk away and probably go take a tour of some interesting but not too exotic country. Like, Mark Rick is gonna go travel to, He's like... Costa uh, Rica, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do mission work in a place that's... It just needs a little bit of stuff, not a whole lot. Do you know what right. Don Shula did when he retired and what an absolute madman he is? Now, think of this. Don Shula coaches football for 50 years. 50 years of just football. No other interest, no other nothing. You know what's in his head. Also should of- have kept his sons out of coaching, but here we are. It, probably, but you know what he was doing instead of that? Don Shula retired and he said, you know where I'm going to go for like six months? India. Whew. Yeah, Don Shula's wild. Please tell me he didn't try to open one of his steakhouses there. That would not go well. He probably did. What do you think he knew about India when he got there? And imagine how he, he's a football coach. He didn't know shit. Yeah. You guys like steak? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Oh, boy. Dude. <laughs> we got some learning to do. Don Shula went through a journey, man. Mark Rick. Oh, he's right. He's going to like... He's going to Belize. Might might go to Honduras for a couple of weeks. Eh, back to Belize. Just keep this family. Keep this easy, right? So, I'm but if go you need... down to minister to uh, Australia, <laughs> or no, let's, never... let's keep this real. Like PCB. Yeah, <laughs> they could use him. They yeah. really could. Yeah, gosh, he'll be he'll be clearing out his office. Just to, he'll he'll get home, spend the holidays with the fam. And he'll be like ready and raring to go just in time for the spring break crowds to start hot coleslaw wrestling. I do like the idea of all time spring break chaperone, Mark Rick. Yeah. The now the darker way to look at this is to say that Mark Rick waited and waited and waited and waited until Manny Diaz took another job. Then was like, "Ha ha, I'm out. Fuck you. You can't have it." Honestly, guess if you, you got to promote that, John Rick. Hysterical. <laughs> You really want this job, don't you? Well, I'm going to keep it for another year. Ten minutes later. So I'm out. And, uh... <laughs> Man, how mad are you if you could have lived in Miami and you have to go live in Philly? If I was Manny Diaz, I would have left an open jug of milk under his desk. 
When but I said yeah, that would be you... hilarious, by the way, I meant for the university, not for Manny Diaz, who, for whom, you know, as bad as you can feel for a millionaire, you know, he's had some some shitty luck in his in his stops before and some successes and failures. But man, he could pull a Todd Graham on this, and I wouldn't even blink. Listen, think about think about the call that the Temple AD had to make today to be like, hey. so you're still good, right, Manny? Right? Hey, you're hey, still. Buddy. You're still happy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still to, is this? We're still going to is, prom, right? Is this like as cold as it gets, or like in February? Oh, it gets cold, huh? Interesting. Interesting. That's cool. That's fun. So, how about those eagles, huh? <laughs> like Alshon Jeffrey punched me in the face with a yeah. Do it. Love those guys. Fletcher Cox still going. Love them. Have fun here. But if you need Lane Kiffin to absolutely shoot a family member, he'll do it. Uh, and once again, by the way, for, for those of you who don't believe in fun on your Twitter, Lane Kiffin's favorite booster is already back in action, agitating for him to get this job. I'm referring, of course, to Uncle Luke. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you didn't Yes. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> He's already back at it, man. He it's, had it uh, locked. He wants uh he wants Lane Kiffin as head coach, wants him to bring Jalen Hurts and install Ed Reed as defensive backs coach. They didn't even have <laughs> FAU didn't even have that good a year. Also, Ed Reed follows up with a tweet. Coaching Miami? Yes! I will. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's done, man. That's it's done. This was easy. Uncle Lu- I love- Oh my god, the Luther Campbell coaching search firm. Why don't why don't we ask Gloria Stefan who she wants as coach? I mean, she wouldn't went... say Dana hologram. It's time for Miami to come out of the dark. Yeah. I want a coach who would do anything for this university. Listen, I want to go up-tempo because the rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> do you know how much I would laugh if they hired a hurry-up guy and started playing that during offensive possessions? <laughs> I would murk out so hard for Miami if they did that. They won't because they've done everything wrong for like 20 years. I know. So sad. So, so it's only like 18 years running. Yeah. I do love that. Their, their guys are just like, they'll just, they're they're ready, man. Like the football players, like Ed Reed hasn't been a defensive coordinator in college. And he's like, I'll do it tomorrow. How will you learn? I'll just get it, man. And I mean that may be well, the wrong example because I'm like Ed Reed could probably Ed figure Reed that shit out. You've had the success that Ed Reed has had. When have yeah. you had a time in your life when you would have had to unlearn that self confidence? The problem is the Never. problem is that extends to all Miami players. So that's mm-hmm. when you get Ray Lewis being Jeremy like, "I'm here." Shockey coaching tight ends. Hey, I'm Jeremy Shockey. I'm running training table. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna teach you kids what? how to steal boats. We're eating the boats. <laughs> Six McChickens? That's lunch. Dollar menu. Six bucks? It's got lettuce on it, so it's a complete meal. Yeah. Lettuce promotes the circulation of what? Something. Cocaine. Stuff. Oh, my God. Jeremy Shockey teaching human anatomy. <laughs> All right, so you got your hog, first and foremost. <laughs> we were putting together a post on this with uh, head coach The Rock, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Goes without saying, you know, running backs coach Frank Gore, so on and so forth. I think my favorite one is special teams coach Devin Hester. Sure. Um, Ooh. Because 
you'd think like, okay, return specialist, return coordinator. No, no. I want Devin Hester, you know, making the punter do it over again. Punt me something I can't run back. Mm -hmm. Devin Hester just making punters cry all practice long. That's actually not a bad idea. You'd be the most resilient punter alive. Mm -hmm. Ice proof. I die in practice every day. What can a game do to me? Your timeout means nothing to me. My, uh, like, Miami. Ice a punter, and you look over after the TV timeout, and he's literally foaming at the mouth. But like, like re- from enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> the other rumor that I've seen with this is uh, don't that was, no. I know, I'm gonna do I it. Know, no, 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 no I'm gonna do it because it's from a long time, long time reporter at the Herald, Jesus. who's obviously got a call from Rex Ryan. <gasps> Rex, this is the dumb. This is the dumbest idea. This is, is the dumbest idea. It is always real we dumb. Having such a good day, and he's just and obviously this guy called this reporter right, Rex Ryan called this reporter. He's like, "I'm real interested in this job. You should say it." And, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, Rex Ryan's definitely interested in this job," which led me to think about Rex and Rob Ryan and what they could do in Miami without God. ever getting re- like a single bit of reportage on. Just imagine the smell. So many farts. I would prefer not to. So much farting, and and so many boat accidents, and that might boat be it. That, that might be the first time an entire coaching staff dies in a boating accident, right? One, like, two, three, hit the causeway at eighty miles an hour. It's how, they want, it's how they would have wanted to go. Exactly, the fireball could be seen all the way from Isla Morada. Hell what yeah, was it? brother! Yeah, what it was, was like it? A big farts. boat fart. Yeah, I love you. Farts. I love you, Rob. I love you, Rex. Boat farts. <laughs> Can you think of a better death for Rex and Rob Ryan than professing love for each other right before they hit the causeway at 80 miles an hour in a boat loaded with farts? <laughs> I can't. Put that on the full cast tombstone. That's that's the quote. It's all about the you. It's all about the you, baby. 